Well, good morning. Now, I know I have you already seated up here, but who brought their backpack today? All right. Do you think you could use your very nice walking feet and go get your backpack? Because we're going to need them. If you brought them. If not, just stay here. And if there are other children who are gathered with us today that would like to join us, you are welcome to come for our time together this morning. Get your backpacks. Who needs, can I hand one? All right. There you go. It's broken up right up there. Come on back up. Bring your bags. Yeah, whoever would like to join us, bring your bags. All right. We got room. Good morning, Emily. Look at all our school kids. We have a lot of children this morning. Well, if you'll pardon my back to you this morning, I'm going to stand so I can see all of our wonderful school kids this morning. You got your bags? Raise your hand if you started school already, if you already went back. Nice. Yep, yep. Who is going to start school this week? Uh, who's going to start school this week? Uh-huh. Yes, in your bag. I brought my bag this morning. Mine, I don't have a backpack these days. Sometimes I do. I have a bag. And when I was thinking about you bringing bags this morning, I remembered a story. Oh, my goodness. I think this was in high school. Because in high school, for a while, I didn't have a backpack either. I had a bag. And I was the kid who took home, like, four books every day to do my homework. And after school, me and my friends Bobby and Melissa would go sit on the grass in front of the school to wait for Melissa's mom to come pick us up. And sometimes she remembered and she was there really fast. And sometimes we had to wait a while for Melissa's mom. And sometimes we had to wait so long that we called Bobby's sister and Bina came and picked us up. But Bobby and Melissa, can you believe it? They would laugh at me about my bag. Because they would have like one book in their bag. And I would have like four which meant my bag was super heavy. And since I didn't double strap it because it was a bag, I'd kind of walk like this. And my friend Melissa would laugh at me because I would always be the kid like leaning down the hall with two hands. And they would laugh at me. Now, they were my friends. They weren't like teasing me or picking on me. Well, maybe a little. But they were my friends. And they just thought it was so silly. They could see me coming down the hall with my huge red duffel bag leaning. It was a heavy bag. It was a heavy, heavy bag. Does your bag get heavy sometimes? What kind of things are you going to put in your bag? Oh, we got to watch that one. What else are you going to put in your bag? Cooper? What's going to be in your bag? Binders. Your big old Spanish book. Kate, what's going to be in your bag? Your lunchbox. What's going to be in your bag? It's going to make it heavy. Timothy? A bunch of notebooks. Bennett? Notebooks, Hamish? Folders, Logan? Homework, Madison? Books. Lots and lots of supplies. Okay. What's that, Casey? Yep, to fill up all that space. Okay, put your backpack on. Can you put it on while you're sitting? I want you to feel those straps on your shoulder if you have it with you. If not, you can reach out and fill a backpack next to you. 
And here's what we're going to do. I have this basket here. Oh, some of you have your tags from other years. That's Miss Mary's bag. I'm going to give you a new tag this year. What? I am. This is a new tag with you. And I put one of our Bible verses on it that we've been talking about a lot this summer. It's from Micah 6.8. Anybody know what Micah 6.8 says? It was on one of your t-shirts, I think, Pure Joy. I'm not sure. Was it a youth group t-shirt? You've had it on a t-shirt. It says, to do justice, to love kindness. Can you finish it? And walk humbly with God. And it has the name of your church on it. And it says where you can find it in the Bible if you want to read more and read the whole thing. But you get to put one on your bag. Do you see mine? Every time this year, when you feel those straps pulling on your shoulders, every time you're like, oh my goodness, there's books in there, there's lunch boxes, there's notebooks, there's homework, there's toys. Every time you feel those straps on your shoulder, I want you to feel the promises and presence of God with you. Because, boys and girls, when you go to school this year, God goes with you. And God reminds you that you are God's child. And that while we were in those places, God calls us to do justice and to love kindness. Our schools need a lot of kindness, and you can share that And to remember that you are walking with God as you walk through your school this year. Whether it's in your home or whether it's in a brand new school or maybe it's your last year in this school. All those places that you are God's child, called to be God's child and God walks with you. So feel those straps on your shoulders and every time you feel those straps, you might first go, oh, that's a heavy book. But then I want you to remember God is walking with me. My church is praying for me. Because boys and girls, you are a blessing. And you are God's children. Amen? Let's pray together. Can we do that? Feel those straps on those backpacks and let us say together, Dear God, we pray for a new year that we walk with you that you walk with us today, tomorrow, and always. We love you, Lord. Amen? Amen. Randy is going to help me put some backpack tags on the rails here. And as you go back to your seat, I want you to stop and get your favorite color, okay? All right. Come and get a tag and go back and sit with your families now. Here you go. I'll try to spread them out so you can pick a good one.
take time to find just the right tag, right? What you got, Casey? Got it? All right. Grady? All right. Everybody got just the right tag? Oh, it's Bentley. I call it Grady. I don't know why I do that. Great. We are beginning a worship series today that is unpacking our new mission statement. I hope that you have seen the articles that have been coming out in first week from our church council chair, Mary Bachman. Um, We actually took the mission statement that um, the church has had for the last several years, um, and we thought it was a pretty good one, and so we built on it. And so you will see that mission statement at the top of your bulletin. Cultivating Christian community by loving God, living faith, serving others, and inspiring hope. And so we're going to take the next several weeks to begin to unpack that mission statement and to consider who we are, who we are called to be in this time and in this place. And so we're going to start with the first bit of that mission statement, which is cultivating Christian community. And we're going to hear some very familiar verses this morning. We are in 1 Corinthians 13. So let us listen for the word of God. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three And the greatest of these is love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. 
O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. How many of you had the scripture read at your wedding? Several. Yeah. Up here? Yeah. They are beautiful words, are they not? How often have you had to reach for them um, during um, certain times in your marriage? Yeah? Yeah. These words are beautiful words. They've been read at many a wedding. But actually, when Paul wrote these words, he wasn't thinking much about weddings, I don't think. He was writing these words to this little church at Corinth, a church that he had planted. And in this church, as they were learning about what it meant to be a community under Christ's name, for most of them, we think, came from Gentile backgrounds, um, this notion of monotheism, much less of um, calling Jesus Christ from Nazareth, Lord and Savior, was actually quite new to them. And so they were trying to figure out how to do this. And so they would send Paul messengers asking questions. They would send letters. And so Paul had received these messages and letters and He put his answers to their questions and their issues in this letter. And then we also have 2 Corinthians, which is also probably two letters that were put together, um, trying to offer them guidance as their founding apostle. One of the things that they were arguing about, and they were arguing, if you go back to the first chapter, um, they're arguing about who baptized them. Um, Some were baptized by Cephas, and some were baptized by another uh, person named Apollo, and a couple were baptized by Paul. And then they're arguing amongst themselves about whose baptism is the best, whose baptism carries with it the most authority. That's one of the things they're arguing about. Something else that they're arguing about is... um, Who's having an affair with who? Who's suing who? And they're also dealing with issues around the Lord's Supper. There were some in this community who were people of means, and then there were others who were servants and slaves. And so when they would gather together on the first day of the week, on the Lord's Day or Resurrection Day, They would come together to worship, to sing, and to pray together, and then to share a meal together, a love feast, culminating in the Lord's Supper. Well, those that were servants in other households couldn't be there until their master let them go. And by the time they arrived, a lot of times there was no food left, and all the wine was gone And there were some in that church who were sitting there drunk and not really caring if there was anything left to eat for those who had arrived late 
or not. They were dealing with issues of community in a pronounced way, it seems like. And these are the words that Paul gives them to instruct them on how they need to be with each other. In the chapter previous to chapter 13, it's chapter 12, where Paul uses the metaphor of a body to talk about how they all function together. If everybody was all an eye, where would the hearing be? If everybody were feet, where would the hands be? But the Holy Spirit gives gifts so that the body may be built up and the body may function in a way that is winsome to the world. And I think that these words are wonderful words as we consider what it means to cultivate Christian community in our time and in our place. And so let me ask you the question, and I've asked this before in previous weeks. Do we see a lot of love being shared in our culture? We might can think of some some instances between individuals or between some groups, but it doesn't seem to be the tenor of our culture. And the thing is, if, as people of the church, if we behave in accordance with 1 Corinthians 13, can you imagine the witness that that offers to the world? And then people begin to ask the question, what did they got? What did they have? How are they doing that? And then people begin to ask questions. How, how do you do that? How do you live that? How do you act that way? Why do you act that way? And then it gives us an amazing opportunity to begin to offer our own witness of who we are as people under Jesus Christ. It's interesting to think about that word community. I unpacked it a little bit this week. And this is what... Oh, I pulled out the wrong card. Um, This is what actually the dictionary says. It comes from the Latin word communitas, which means a social, religious, occupational, or other group sharing common characteristics or interests and perceived or perceiving itself as distinct in some respect from the larger society within which it exists. And I think that this is a good definition that describes what Paul is trying to get at. If we act with love, not just in our relationships in this community, but also with those that we interact with around us, it sets us apart in a very wonderful, faithful way. And this is the kind of community that we want to cultivate. It is why our mission statement has the preface, cultivating Christian community by loving God, living faith, serving others, and inspiring hope. Because it is in this kind of fertile ground, this ground that is fertilized with love, 
that we are able to carry out God's call on us in this time and in this place. Cultivating, nurturing, feeding, Christian community, following the way of the one who was a servant for all. I heard a story this week at a workshop, and Pastor Caroline is going to know that I'm ripping this story off, but I think it's a wonderful way that describes how community functions when it functions in love. It's a story of a man and his son, his little boy. They were walking down the road, and it was a rocky road, and there were some significant-sized stones that were along the road. And so, you know how little boys are. He's like, Dad, I think I can move one of those rocks all by myself. Think I can move it? And the dad says, son, have at it. So the little boy goes over there, and he picks the biggest rock that he thinks he can get his arms around, and he struggles, and he struggles, and he struggles, and he breaks a sweat. Uh, uh. And then after a few minutes, he stands up and he says, (coughs) excuse me, Daddy, I can't move it. (coughs) And the dad says, Son, you could have asked me to help. And then we would have been using all our strength. We are called to live in community such as this, in which our strength in love is a shared strength. May we be known by our love. Amen.